Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to our show. Good people, welcome. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. Anyone who want to learn more about LinkedIn algorithms, welcome because today we are going to uncover a lot of secrets how you can get sales and high results. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Joshua Billy. How are you? I told you, man, I'm, I'm amazing. I'm getting to spend the afternoon hanging out with you. Uh... You know, talking about LinkedIn, so we're gonna. It's a good day. Yeah, I found. You know, when I check out your LinkedIn profile, I got it. I wanna know more. I wanna know because it's not simple on LinkedIn, and I still see generic methods. Uh, I get a lot of spam messages on LinkedIn, uh, similar to email. So, Joshua, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to help businesses on LinkedIn, not Instagram, YouTube. Why LinkedIn? Yeah, man, no worries. Um, a little bit of background about me. I mean, I started my first companies um, about 20 years ago. Um, so I've been doing this for a bit. Uh, one of my first companies, uh, one of my first clients was actually a company most people have forgotten about these days. Um, it was MySpace. So, you know, it really takes you back. 2003, MySpace was one of my first clients. And I actually helped them develop one of the first social media ads to be able to monetize their traffic that most social media ads are based off of today. So, I go way back, man. I've been doing this for a long time, understanding how to be able to monetize and advertise and market online. And from there, I built multiple different companies, right? Really being able to kind of go through and monetize traffic. All that different stuff being said, I mean, after really monetizing almost a billion dollars in advertising and controlling over 35 trillion online impressions across my own servers, I really... Re it took me a lot to be able to realize like there's a huge difference actually traffic and actually true engagement because we were selling a lot of ads, doing a lot of marketing, but it was just traffic. It actually wasn't true conversion. And so honestly, after kind of going through that, I went through a reset of my life and created standard authority about nine years ago. And standard authority was a, as a shift, right? It was a shift from just looking at the B2B or B2C of business, right? Business to business or business to consumer, but realizing that everything's H to H, human to human, because every company is run by another human being. Most marketers forget that. And so we started working with a lot of men and women. Really, I used to read their books on how to be able to start my own companies, help them educate, inspire, and draw in their audience, not sell them, right? How do we actually shift that perspective? And LinkedIn just happened to be that platform because there were so many people on there like, oh, this is just a business platform. I said, no, so many more humans on there, so much opportunity. And like you said, Anatoly, so many people just using it the wrong way. They're spamming, they're pitching, they're talking about themselves is exhausting. If we could actually switch the conversation to educate, you know, inform and really draw in someone, have them choose to work with you, it's so much more powerful. So that's kind of where we got on LinkedIn and we were able to be a really big light on a platform where most people were using it the wrong way. Nice, nice. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the same with email marketing, with any other channel. And I'm curious about these spam messages. Uh, can you tell why people still send them? So I think it works if they send them, uh, but uh, I don't know, like if you send like thousand messages, you can get one customer. If you send uh, hundred uh, well personalized messages, you can get 10 customers, um, just uh, a randomly numbers. So can you tell why people still use uh, spam messages? 
Yeah, I mean, Anatoly, let's let's be honest, man. Those people that send a thousand messages to get the one sale, what they're really doing is they're just upset, pissing off, really, 999 people, right? And that's the big problem that they don't understand. <clears throat> There's still ways to be able to do it. If you actually go through, like, they use sponsor mail, in mail on LinkedIn, being able to go through or just spamming people online because they're just trying to look for that one sale, but they don't realize one sale is not the power play. Getting 999 advocates are more powerful than that one sale. So if you actually go through and look at how do we actually treat these people like human beings? How do we educate, inspire, and draw them in? How do we give value first and then provide them the value that they're looking for? It's a massive difference because one advocate can bring you a hundred sales, right? So that's what they're doing. They're playing this game of numbers and it just doesn't work well, especially in a world of social media where brand your brand is your is your name, is your face, is everything. Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to spam people? And I think this is the biggest, they see they're like, oh, well, I'm a kind of computer, so I don't really exist. And who cares? People are just going to delete it. No, that's wrong. I mean, if I go through there and see these spam messages, I'm going to associate that person with that message and the company they're representing. And that that goes across all social media. So people really have to start figuring out a better way to be able to do this and be able to look for, I mean, Antoine, like me, I, I hate cold calls and I hate cold email, right? I mean, like, no one likes being spammed and kind of going through. So what we kind of looked for is like, what are triggers, right? Like what are actions that someone's taken that we can actually acknowledge? And this is kind of the shift, right? Instead of doing spam, how do we acknowledge people for something they've done, right? On LinkedIn, there's so many opportunities, right? Like if someone looks at our profile, it's one of the few platforms I can see every single person that looks at my profile. On any social media, we can see who engages on our content, right? Well, we've got, we've been conditioned, man, to be online, to like, comment, share, post, like, comment, share, post. This is that, that, that just conditioning that we've been in. And for any marketer, you know, if you want to get someone's attention, you got to be able to create a stopgap in someone's pattern. And so what we started looking at is instead of spamming a thousand people getting the one sale, how do I acknowledge the people that have taken action, right? How do I go, oh, Anatoly, I noticed you checked out my profile, man. I just want to reach out and say thank you. You know, too often we forget to appreciate this, man. Love to be connect with you and find yeah. out what you to check me out. Because what we want to do, Anatoly, it's not about the spam messages, brother. It's about how do we actually start a conversation that builds a relationship. A relationship creates an opportunity. People go from connect to pitch, connect to pitch, and they forget that relationship part. Yeah, nice, nice. Love it, love it. Awesome. Yeah, completely agree with that. And you remind me, Seth Godin, uh, he shared about that. Yep. Uh, that you can use templates. You can send spam messages, but you can't catch big fish. You can catch small fish so small right. fish but not big fish <laughs> okay no. uh yeah let's talk about algorithms uh can you tell you know uh i discovered that some influencers don't know how it works for example uh, mr beast once shared about youtube algorithms and he told how he learned youtube uh he watched a lot of videos uh spent like 10 hours a day to watch videos for the sake of uh learning why people watch videos no yeah. uh, why, uh, what uh, can retain them uh, help to retain and something like this um once i got the message on linkedin um in private message from uh, bridget heisen she okay. she has like plus uh, four uh, million people followers yeah. uh, and uh, she asked me uh, what's going on with algorithm and i got that she doesn't understand how it works but she has 
four million people who followed her uh, because she usually shares value. She uh, inspires other, others to find a job, to help with something. Uh, uh, you know, can you tell about how uh, to discover what actually works? And uh, if uh, some influencers don't know about algorithms, can you tell how to share value that algorithms will love in the end? Yeah, man. I mean, of course. Look, every platform... You know, no matter what, if it's LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, has a basic algorithm. But the problem is everyone's trying to be able to figure out the algorithm to game it, to figure out the next hack, the next trick. The problem with that is those algorithms change on a regular yeah. basis, if not every couple months, every hell, sometimes every couple of weeks, right? The algorithms are changing. And so that's the biggest problem that someone keeps on going in. They're like, oh, what, Josh, what's the LinkedIn algorithm? I'm going to be honest, Anatoly. The, the one algorithm that people should be paying attention to and these influencers pay attention to, it's not LinkedIn algorithm. It's not TikTok. It's not Instagram. They're paying attention to the one algorithm that just evolves over time. It doesn't change. The human algorithm, right? And that's yeah. what I want people to be paying attention to. How do humans interact online? Once you understand that, do you can play on all platforms. You can do it on LinkedIn. You can do everything. Like, yes, there's certain basic parameters that you want to be able to go into. Like on Twitter, you might tweet three times a day on LinkedIn. You don't want to post more than one time a day. They're not looking, unless you're a household name, they don't want you to be able to put a whole bunch of content for one person, but it's not about going, Oh, how many words or how many characters, what do I actually do? And like you said it with that influencer, right? Like they're adding value. They're educating, inspiring, and drawing their audience. They're not selling. They're not going in. Like everyone hates that person, right? We've all been there, been at an event and they're like, Oh, there's Josh. That dude never shuts up about LinkedIn. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want you to be that guy. So we have to kind of go in and like, for me, creating content. Anatoly, have you ever heard of the 10, 20, 70 method of creating content? Uh, no. Couldn't share. All right. So mm -hmm. let me share it with you, brother. Because I mean, I think it's really mm -hmm. important on how we look at it, right? 10% of the content that you post needs to be personal, right? It needs to have that mm -hmm. you because people connect with other people. We look for commonalities. Now, the reason why I say it's 10% is because of the fact that it's not Facebook, right? I don't need to know when someone's kids are going to school, but I should know that you have them. Like, oh, Josh has kids? Me too. I bet we align. And that's what people look for. Like as humans, we look for other people that we have commonalities with. So if you miss that personal touch in your content, you're really missing out, right? And it really takes you what I always call it it's from knocking on, no, someone knocking on your door to you and I, Anatoly, sitting on the couch hanging out because we had that personal connection, that commonality. And I'm like, hey, Anatoly, dude, I got this new phone, man. Check it out, right? And like, you're like, oh, Josh, tell me more, man. Why'd you buy it? So 10% of your content needs to be personal. Now, mm -hmm. the 20% is around your company, right? But this is the biggest problem. People always want to talk about what they can do for someone. No one cares about that, right? They want to be able to kind of go in and they want to understand what you've done for someone else. So 20% of your content needs to talk about how you've helped other people. How, what have you done to provide results and be able to show someone a story, how they can see themselves in that story, right? And the same time too, we say 20% because again, we don't want to be that person always talking about ourselves on LinkedIn. That's what most people are on LinkedIn. They're always like, look at me, look what I can do. Look what I could do for you. Buy my product, buy my product. So 20% of that content. And then 70%, you said it already, bro. It's add value. How do you actually take information? How do you listen to like, everyone listening, right? 
what do you take from Anatoly and then take that and then be able to share it on LinkedIn and go, man, I was listening to Anatoly's podcast with Joshua B. Lee the other day and I learned X, Y, and Z, right? Boom, provide that value because if you're the person educating your audience that they might and they figure out they have a problem because of that education, they're going to go to you to solve it for the solution, right? So 10% personal, 20% around your company adding value and 70% just add value, educate your audience being able to go through. Make sense? Yeah, well. Of course, 100%. In the end, value. You know, if you have value, it doesn't matter about company, about product, about yourself, about persona, buying persona, you need to share value as much as possible. 100% about that. Okay. Uh, I'm interested about uh, finding the right ideas. You know, uh, for me, I found when people use ChatGPT or other AI tools to create content. But, you know... Uh, the main problem with AI uh, is that uh, these tools just, uh, no, for me, I, I can feel that AI is the best rewriting tool ever. Yeah. yeah, grammar is good, everything looks fine, but it's not valuable because it's not new, uh, it's not uh, unique, and people don't care about something that they know. So can you tell about using uh ai tools uh, or any other uh tools uh to create unique content if you have this experience with that. yeah man i mean look we we incorporate ai in everything that we do at our company right but just like you said it's a tool it's not the end all right it will it's not end-to-end -end marketing i'm actually have an article i'm releasing tomorrow all around this right because i mean it's the the myth that marketers believe that they can, they can just pop it into chat gpt and it's going to do all the work for you well guess what AI only has the information that we as human beings have put out there, right? So yes, it can access knowledge at a lot faster rate, but it's just the knowledge and we don't know if that's accurate, inaccurate, what's going on, right? It's using its best judgment. And so like when you're writing and being able to go through AI, right? It's great. You have to have an amazing person like, like you, Anatoly, right? Being able on the background, being able to go through and have that person really using the AI as a tool to be able to create the content for websites, for social media posts. Like, like one of the ways that we kind of go through and do it is I have so much content out there. I'm able to write in my, it's able to write in my tone, right? So I can use tools like ChatGPT or Jasper. And let's say Anatole, you put a post up recently and I wanted to respond to it. Or let's say I wanted my team to respond to it because I'm a busy person being able to go in but I wanted it to sound like it's come from me. I can actually go in and I can say, go to ChatGPT and write, write a comment, right? Responding to this post in a conversational matter like Joshua B. Lee, right? And then I can post the post and then it actually will generate a comment. And my team can actually be able to go through there and be able to drop comments. And like that is really super, supersedes a lot of the things because before people had to get to know someone. Yes, you need to do that, but you also have to have this human element of a person behind. Because if you read it and you just copy, cut, paste, dude, you're going to miss the mark every time because AIs don't have the one thing that we need. As human beings, we make decisions emotionally. And so if there's no emotion behind the content, it's going to miss the mark every single time. So yeah, brother, I mean, like it's great for you to get right outlines, to be able to come through, but you have to have that human touch and you have to have that 10% personal to everything that you do, websites, yeah. content, comments, everything to really be able to connect with that audience. Mm -hmm. Nice. You know, uh, 
you mentioned many times about audience, about uh, people, human being. Uh, I usually count how many times you can tell some words, but I lost my track, you know, <laughs> after saying many times. Can you tell how to learn them? How to learn audience before creating content, before reaching out to them? Any insights how to get the right insights? Because, you know, the, the main reason why I'm asking about that, I still see when people use the average data from tools, uh, from above intuition. I don't know. It depends. So can you tell how to, to do it right? Yeah, man. I mean, like, here's the whole piece, right? Like the biggest thing that I look for, if you want to be able to know your audience, you have to know yourself first. And this is the biggest problem. How many times people have come to me like, hey, Josh, when I was doing advertising, can you help me find people that are making six figures a month, you know, and you know, that are in the marketing space and they, and they want to make more money. Right. Like, cause I'm going to, I have a product or service that's going to help them double their income. And I'm like, so, and I'm like, it, it's 10 grand for the program. I'm like, okay, you know, that's great. Like how much money have you made in your past? Well, you know, them just starting out. And I'm like, so you're telling me you can go into a company that's already doing six figures a month and double their income, but you've never done that before. And eh, wrong audience. You can't relate. You can't be able to go through. If you want to know your audience, you've got to be able to understand and know who have you got, what have you done? What problems have you solved? What have you gone through? Because that'll help you relate to that audience, right? Look at yourself first. Who are you? And can you help and solve the problems that you've solved for yourself for other people? And that's that big thing, man. Because if you try and talk from inexperience or be able to say, hey, I'm going to help you, like, I'm going to help you make seven figures, right? If you've never done it before, how can you help someone else? Right. If you, if you, I'm going to help you lose 200 pounds. Well, dude, if you've never lost 200 pounds, like there's no way you can, you might be able to give them ideas, but it's a different perspective, right? You can, we can all read as much as we want, but it's not going to have that relatability. You're not going to have that emotional connection. You're not going to be able to, and the audience is going to see themselves in your journey. So that's where you have to first understand who you are, what you are, what are your pains? What have you gone through? What have you, what have you figured out? And then go from there. And, and really Anatoly for us, once you kind of look at it, we look at the XYZ statement. And this is what will really allow you to, some people call it an elevator pitch. I call it the XYZ statement, which is really, if you can be able to say this, you can be able to, people know who you're talking to, what you do and how you help them, right? I help X to achieve Y so they can have Z, right? I help X, the ideal audience that you help, right? Who is that, right? How do you define them? So someone can be polarizing and go, you know what? That's me or that's not right. We don't want to attract our tribe or ideal audience and repel the people that are not our audience. You sell someone that is you're not aligned with, dude, that's exhausting. And it's a harder work for everyone, right? So we want to be able to know I help X to achieve Y. This is the service that you provide. This is the biggest problem most marketers miss out on Antilly is they sell the service. No one cares how the hamburger is made, right? They just care how it tastes, how they feel afterwards. And that's that thing. That's that Z, right? I help X to achieve Y so they can have Z. The outcome, the emotional connection. As human beings, we make decisions on based off of some degree of love or hate. We do not make decisions being indifferent to something. So again, that's what I want people to understand is when you're talking to your audience, how can you emotionally connect to them? And they, you have to be polarizing at that same point in time for them to make a decision. Because most people define an audience that's too large. They have a message that's too too wide. And so they're casting a net hoping because they don't want to miss out on anyone, but there there's no connection there. Right. So they're just wasting a lot of time and energy. And that's the one thing we don't get to be able to get back. So that's where I want everyone to understand. I help X to achieve Y so you can have Z do. Once you get that down, 
those people will come into you and that you'll actually start attracting the right tribe that will convert and have an amazing clients. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. Okay. Uh, can you tell, for example, you mentioned that you can help to increase some uh, results. So uh, you usually ask from your clients to share financial data. I mean, like uh, previous results, uh, analyze it and think how you can increase it. Am I right? We do. We, we always want to understand because like, the people that we work with really, I mean, like our ideal clients, Anatoly, we do work with seven figure clients that have been mm -hmm. using social on, on everything and haven't been able to figure out LinkedIn. So I need to be able to understand that they have a product or service they've used, right? And they've sold. Because if you try and go in and cold go in and build an entire campaign on LinkedIn on something you've never sold or tested before, like you have no data, you know, you have nowhere to go and no. be able to in results and testimonials to be able to use to say, Hey, I've worked with so-and-so to achieve X. Right. So that's that whole piece. And I mean, look, anyone that you're hiring, especially if it's a social media company to be able to run your programs, ask them, right? Hey, who have you worked with? What have you achieved? What, what, what are the results? Right? Because there's a lot of companies out there, no matter if it's clients or you're hiring someone that, that say a lot of things. And then you go back in, like, I, dude, I don't know how many times I've seen, I'll look online and I get this message from LinkedIn go, Hey, Joshua, have you ever thought about using LinkedIn to get leads? And I'm like, okay, one, you didn't look at my profile. And two, then you go back in and like, Oh, wait, you just took a course six months ago. You were selling pizzas before, and now you're a LinkedIn expert. I'm like, that's just not how it works. Right. I mean, like, Yes, you can understand, you can grow, but I want to see that evolution of who you are and where you're coming from. So when you talk about data, I mean, yes, I want to understand, you know, what your what your process has been. What what has your revenues been so far? What are you missing out on? Because how can I help you if I don't know where you've been? I don't have a benchmark to be able to start from, to be able to show you where we're going to go. Because you have to be able to look back and go, okay, cool. Are you looking to be able to get followers? Are you looking to be able to increase revenue? Are you looking for brand visibility? Like all these things have to start somewhere and without numbers, you're just throwing darts at a dartboard in the dark, actually. So, you know, it really doesn't help that much. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, uh, uh, I found that, you know, salespeople, uh, it's not only about that iPhone, uh, online studies can share that salespeople uh, hide data from marketers, uh, companies can hide this data because of policy, because of uh, distrust, many things. So th yeah. that's good, you know, if you can explain why you need to have them. So when you have data, you can uh, provide much better results, you know. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Okay, uh, I'm interested about um, LinkedIn Navigator. Can you tell uh, how it's important to use this tool uh, and how to use it right? Yeah, man. well, let's just go with what's what's hot right now, right? Like everyone's talking about AI, ChatGPT, you know, Jasper, whatever, all the different, you know, AI tools that are out there right now and be able to go through. And, you know, if you don't understand how these things are working, they're, they're leveraging information, right? And so Microsoft recently did a $10 billion investment into author.ai, the, you know, creators of ChatGPT. And so where do you think they're going to be leveraging? Who owns LinkedIn? Microsoft. If the people don't realize that Microsoft purchased LinkedIn for $24.3 billion cash a couple of years ago, right? So they own that platform. Um, there was a recent article too, man, that LinkedIn was one of the biggest companies out there to leverage AI in a way that they've already implemented across the platform. So like, they're really going to be able to do it. 
when we talk about different platforms, with the biggest one we all want to be on is Google, right? I mean, like everyone uses Google for everything. And that's so you need SEO, right? Like you've got on here right now, Unimus SEO course, right? There's a ways to be able to go in there. You we all need to understand SEO. Well, you probably know this, Anatoly, but YouTube's a, a search engine, Pinterest is a search engine. LinkedIn's one of the best search engines as well out there. It, Google highly, highly indexes LinkedIn. So that's that same thing with AI. If Google is already indexing it, do you not think that AI is going to start and with their investment as well? They're going to start leveraging all that information. So if you're not taking the time out to build out your profile, to make sure it's fully filled out, if you're not paying attention to currently, those profiles are highly indexed on Google. Those Your content is highly indexed on Google. LinkedIn just put out a new update where now your comments are indexed, not only on LinkedIn, but on Google. So that's the thing, man. Like this is a tool not to be able to find your ideal client. People are, they're looking at it wrong. This is your ability. Like that's exhausting. If I got to go look for my client all the time, I want to be found. This is why people hire you for SEO because they want to be found. The same thing why people need to use LinkedIn. You want people to come to you. So make sure you're posting content right on a regular basis, like one time a day, Monday through Friday, at least for our clients, we tell them at least three times a week, you need to be posting content. Like, come on, that's 12 mm -hmm. pieces of content a month. I'm asking you to actually create less content than any other platform out there. And the crazier <laughs> thing is too, for the people that you want to get in, in, in contact with, unlike other platforms, if I look at let's say Twitter, right? Twitter, the average income, at least in the United States, is $58,000 a year is the average income on Twitter. Average income on Facebook for the United States is $64,000 a year. Do you know what the average income in the United States on LinkedIn is? No. $121,000 a year. Almost nice. double the others. So we're talking about a platform that's highly indexed on Google. We're talking about an audience that has the you know disposable income to be able to purchase your products. Now we go to the next level, right? Are they educated enough? Well, guess what? 50% or more of the people on LinkedIn have a college degree or higher. And then last but not least, can they make the decision to make a purchase with you? Four out of five people on LinkedIn are business decision makers. So now I know they have the money, they have the knowledge, and they have the ability to make a decision. So this is why I think people keep on sleeping on LinkedIn going, oh, it's a place for me to post a job or where I get spammed a whole bunch. If you flip that around and you look at how these platforms working, it's a way to, a place to be found by the right audience that I can afford and purchase your products and services if you're doing it the right way. If you're educating, you're creating content on a regular basis that educates, excites, and draws them in, right? Doesn't pitch and sell them because if you can see a pitch, guess what your audience can too. Anatoly and I see them all the time because we're educated enough to understand what's happening, what's going on. And so that's how we don't do those things. So brother, that's, that's, that's the big reason, right, man? Everyone needs to be looking at LinkedIn because dude, 2023, this is the year that they're going to start seeing a bigger jump. I mean, lots and lots of companies, what Microsoft's investing in that platform, dude, it's going to be off the charts. And I, They've already started doing, I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, but they already started producing AI articles on LinkedIn. And then they're actually using the human element on there to be able to start adding that value in there to, to build the human and the AI together to create content that's really disrupting the world right now. Yeah, yeah, nice. Love it, love it. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, I'm using AI a lot. Even we have our tool, AI, yeah. and I found...
now people use AI in their own way, for example, to generate basic text. Uh, even, you know, Elon Musk, I remember when uh, he shared a tweet about uh, uh, ChatGPT and mm -hmm. I found his request. Uh, he asked uh, a lot of details, uh, big uh, question, and he got this unique answer. So uh, you can use AI. Uh, including my tool, you know, but you need to do it right, not like to ask uh, generic questions. Uh, yeah. And uh, you mentioned about content. Uh, it's interesting, you know, in our SEO course, we spend so much time uh, explaining what quality means because in SEO for Google, it's important to create super high quality content. Uh, even uh, we usually tell that uh, you need to forget about uh, Google and think more about human being to help them, mm -hmm. to support them. Then, of course, it's important to optimize as well for Google. But in the first stage, forget about Google. Just create the best possible content. So smart. And, uh, but can you tell about how to measure quality on LinkedIn? Because it's not like uh, for SEO. And uh, uh, I posted a lot on LinkedIn and I found some posts uh, where I spent like a few minutes can get plus 100,000 uh, views. Some posts where I spent a few days to craft, to analyze and uh, to get like uh, 100, 200 views, uh, not a lot. And I found that people care about something else. It's not like for Google. You know, uh, it's more about LinkedIn uh, to inspire, to encourage, to share value. But sometimes we don't know what actually will work in them. Any insights about that? Yeah, well, I mean, look, you can use LinkedIn polls, right, to be able to kind of understand your audience and create content from that. You know, ask questions, be able to go through. I mean, we do that all the time. We'll we'll do a poll like once every other week and just be able to kind of see what people, you know, want to know about, what they're, what they're interested in because LinkedIn does push those values up. And I can create content around that based on their interest. But seriously, though, this is the thing on LinkedIn. I see this all the time. Someone will post a video like it's a viral video of a cat doing, you know, crazy things. And it has two million likes. Right. But it's like. What value does that bring to you? Yes, you got a lot of visibility on your content, but did any of those people that's again, we're just talking about that's just traffic, right? Traffic that goes nowhere, does nothing for you has no value other than making you feel good. It's like, Ooh, people like my traffic, but like people like my post, but if they don't convert into opportunity, you're not actually doing anything to educate them. You're not doing anything to draw them in. They're not converting for whatever your conversion ratio is. If it's for views and this visibility, awesome, right? You did a good job. But if it's not, if you're like actually trying to make money on the platform, how are you educating your audience enough to be able to understand they, ha they have a problem, right? And then they, they reaching out. I look at how do I judge based on the traffic that I, the content that I put out there, how many people have messaged me directly go asking me for follow-up questions? How many people actually go through to reach out to be able to connect with me and ask a follow-up question, right? So that's kind of what we look at, right? Like I want to be able to understand how many real conversations can I start from content? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm interested about, you know, uh, for example, on LinkedIn, we can use paid marketing, we can use uh, direct message, uh, and we can uh, just create brand awareness by posting valuable content. Yeah. Uh, can you tell how to find the balance between them? Uh, for example, if I have limited resources, like many other companies, uh, and um, how to choose, for example, uh, okay, uh, I can reply to comments like an hour a day, I can craft uh, 
post uh, two hours a day, direct message three hours, any insights about that, how to find the balance. If you were going to take the balance, here's the whole thing, man. You know, I, w- I would push you to at least do three posts a week, right? So that shouldn't take much time at all. Now, of mm-hmm. course, you want to be able to respond, right? And that first hour and a half is really important to be able to have people engaging your content to be able to respond back. Um, they look at that. But the biggest thing that I would push anyone to use, look, Sales Navigator, which is LinkedIn built-in CRM system, is powerful, right? And most people don't use it the wrong way. They don't use it the right way, right? They're using it just to pitch and spam people. They're like, oh, hey, Anatolia, I see you're a marketer. Ever thought, of, you know, being able to go in, right? And then you get this, I get all the time, like somehow I got in there as a coach, like, hey, Josh, I see you're a coach. I'm like, dude, I haven't met a coach for years, right? Long time ago. Like that's just kind of skip past. So they're just skimming and using automated tools to be able to kind of do this mass marketing. And there's a better way to be able to do it. Every single person in this world, no matter where you are, where you live, what your background is, whatever it is, there's one reason above all else that we all post online. We've been conditioned over the last 20 years for this response, right? People go, well, you know, it's, it's for branding. It's for get clients. It's for, you know, whatever it might make people feel good, whatever it is, but like, yes, but right before all that, we've all been conditioned to look for all those little hits of dopamine. We all get when someone likes or comments on our post, right? Then it's branding, then it's clients, then it's everything else, right? Because we, we put a post out there and we go, is, are we going to be validated? Right. Is someone going to like it? Right. And then we get that first like, we're like, I did okay. Right. And then it kind of goes in then it's everything else. So like, we have to be, and this is why I got the, you know, the title I was given on a podcast with a dopamine dealer of LinkedIn, because we have to become those dopamine dealers. So the cool thing with sales navigator is I can go on there and, and input and find my ideal audience based on where in the world they are, their backgrounds, their titles, their income, all these other things. And then there's a cool feature, brother. There's a cool feature that says who, which of these have posted online in the last 30 days. Why do I want to go through a list of 2000 people if only 50 of them have posted online in the last 30 days, right? They've been active. You're just wasting everyone's time. The one resource we can't get back. So that's what we want to be able to do because the average person on LinkedIn gets less than 1% engagement on their content. So we have to become those dopamine dealers. If I want to get your attention, Anatoly, I'm going to like your post. I'm going to comment it. Then I'm going to reach out and do that little special thing I mentioned earlier, right? Hey, Anatoly, I saw your recent post, man. I just want to take two seconds out and say thank you. I appreciate what I got from it. You know, A, B, or C, right? Love to be able to connect and follow up more, right? Boom. The simple thank you of appreciating something for something they take for granted, right? Looking at your profile, engaging in your content, and yeah. posting great content. That's if you were going to spend, if you had only an hour every single day, I would push every single person on here to pay the $100 that it costs for Sales Navigator and get that and spend an hour every day identifying your ideal audience, like, comment, and then reach out and appreciate, build a connection saying, hey, Anatoly, I saw your recent post on LinkedIn, man. I just want to reach out and say thank you. Appreciate the value that you add. Love to be able to connect and be able to follow you, right? Because now what we're doing is we're building that first connection. And then at the same time too, now people can hear you because you've appreciated that you caught their attention. You created a stopgap. And now I'm drawing my ideal audience in. I'm not waiting for LinkedIn's algorithm to help me find my audience. I'm drawing them in and I'm building my audience. So when my content, those three posts I post a week, now they're going to show up in front of the right people that need to see them at the right time. So that's where I'd spend my time, man. Yeah, you got to do your three posts. Yeah, you got to respond to comments. But if you've got only an hour a day, 
spend every single hour of every single day that you have going through and using Sales Navigator, identify the audience, engage on their content, and then send them a message appreciating them for posting and asking them to connect because that will breed the best results possible and create massive opportunity for you. So valuable. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Great advice. Yeah, brother. Joshua, I want to ask about another piece of content Please. that you created. You know, uh, for me, uh, not video, not social media posts. I love uh, books more than any other pieces of content because for me, books are foundation of human psychology, skills, uh, and I love reading them. Uh, it takes more time, but uh, I can get a lot more. And yeah. I found you wrote the book. I you did. Yeah, balance is bullshit. Yeah, balance is bullshit. I did. Yeah, yeah, nice, Joshua. I want to ask the question. Uh, you know, uh, I have a huge list of books that I need to read. I created this list, and for me, it's it. hard to find time to read all these books. Can you give a strong reason for me, for my audience, to read your book? What kind of benefits and value we can get by reading your book? And totally, man, I wrote this book, I, you know, and I'll be honest, I wrote this book selfishly. I wrote it for myself to be able to say all the things that I was too scared to say when I was actually earlier on, because I, I told you, I built multiple different companies. And for me, I did the thing that we were all taught as kids, as, as men, as entrepreneurs, to be able to worry about the money, right? The money first, be able to build all the business. Don't show the cracks. Don't show anyone that your, your weaknesses and by doing all that outside looking in, I was successful, right? Based off of what people define success, which is monetary. Monetary does not breed success because I had the monetary value of it, but at, but at the peak of my monetary success, dude, I was 45 pounds overweight, never been overweight in my life. My relationships were monetary and I had no vision about where I was going. I just knew where I was at, right? And everything was this whole work-life balance. I worked as hard as I played. I played as hard as I worked. And it was just destructive. And I remember, man, I had kids. And this is for anyone that's an entrepreneur because I remember, man, I, I remember the, the time I, I, I was at, I used to work in office. And when I had my kids, I started working at home. And I wanted to be that father that they could you know, look up to and respect and always be able to be there. And I remember at one point in time, I remember being in my office and I remember my office doors closing. And because I had built everything based off the wrong mentality, I remember staring at the office and at my walls for eight hours a day, staring if I should be on this planet, right? And I contemplating my own life. And I mean, this is what this book was about, is about being able to go in there and let other people know that you're not alone, right? So many of us entrepreneurs, we, make, we feel like we're alone. We feel like we're going on this path. And I wanted to be able to tell people some of the mistakes that I had made and how I was able to change that, how I was able to look at the different pieces first. And in this book, what people are going to learn is to be able to give to others, you have to give to yourself first, right? How do we actually shift? How do we actually change? How do we make ourselves powerful where we don't fill, for, don't, um, fill from an empty cup, right? Because again, that's what most people are doing as entrepreneurs because we entrepreneurs are the strongest people in this world to be able to create massive shifts and change on this planet. But the problem is we work ourselves to a point and we silo ourselves out. So in this book here, it's about how to be healthier, right? How to actually, you know, build better relationships, how to be able to actually go through and be able to get that time and be able to give back to yourself first to be the most powerful entrepreneur you can and just human being in general. So that's what the book's about. 
And I mean, really, it was just, you know, truly how to live, not this whole work-life balance that doesn't really exist. It's how do we integrate the things that make us powerful that then we can then give back to the world. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. I put your book on my, on my list, you know, Thank because you. I got curiosity. I'm interested to learn more about that. I know it's important. It's not only about business. No. Of course, we need money. We need to pay bills. We need to uh, feed our family. But uh, in the end, we need to have this balance between work and family. Yeah, Correct. love it. Awesome. I'm going to read it. Uh, and Joshua, my final question about uh, the future. Yeah. Can you forecast? the future what kind of future will be on linkedin because many things can change this world uh, we have ai but ai as you mentioned uh, owned by microsoft uh, like linkedin so uh, your prediction about the future here's the thing on linkedin i think you're going to see a big shift right we've we've all heard of influencer marketing it's been around for a long time we see the people you know wearing the shirts sunglasses and they're doing like hey look at me i'm at the beach hanging out whatever like oh wow they're really expensive clothes but I think that's shifting, right? Like people aren't looking at that influencer market in the same way possible. There's been a huge shift. Just over the last year, business influencer marketing has, has really taken a big hold. And we're going to see that on LinkedIn. Last year alone, Anatoly, I don't think most people realized there was almost $12 billion spent in, in the business side of influencer marketing on LinkedIn, right? Find those people that can actually relate to be the humans that relate to their audience on a business side, not just from selling sunglasses or watches or clothes or shoes or whatever like that. And they're predicting that that's going to increase from 12 billion to almost 18 billion over the next year. That's a massive jump. So if people aren't paying attention to be able to align with the right brands, to be able to make sure that they know that they're a they use their product, they have the audience to be able to connect with them you're missing out because there's a massive, massive opportunity. So you're going to see brands stepping back and more human beings, especially on LinkedIn, stepping up to be, that aren't even working with that company, but are actually relating to their audience that has an audience that relates to what that company offers or serves. And so these are the shifts that we're going to see because AI, yes, it's going to be there. It's going to be a tool. It's going to be a resource. But no matter what, we're living in a world that you have to be able to have that human connection, that human touch, especially post-COVID. And we're going to continue to see brands go for that. Because if we talk about, right, you, you mentioned, I think you mentioned Elon Musk once. And like for, for really, like we look at like, um, if I mentioned car companies, right? And I said, Mercedes, Porsche, or Tesla, most people know Tesla from Elon Musk, right? Mercedes and Porsche have been around for decades longer, but no one can tell you who the names are. And they say consistent, but they haven't had the jumps, right? And so this is where that human element is going to come in. And we're going to see it bigger and bigger on LinkedIn. And we're going to continue to be able to see the growth of that in this economy around us. The human evolution. It, everyone says it's a digital revolution, brother. I say it's a human revolution. We're going to see that really substantially on LinkedIn. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Joshua, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. And totally, man. Look, surprise, surprise. I want you all to find me on LinkedIn. Look for Joshua B. Lee. But look, anyone that's trying to connect with me, I do not want you just to hit that connection button, right? I mean, like that's just like, we ever played that game back in the day. My kids loved it too, Pokemon, right? They were just trying to collect them all. Like, dude, I'm not in that game. I don't want to collect them all. I want real relationships. So if you're listening, you love Anatoly as much as I do, tell me, right? Reach out, say, hey, listen to your, your podcast with Anatoly. 
dude, I love Anatoly because of X, Y, or Z, or I listen to his podcast because not only does that get to let me understand who the audience is and their background, but Anatoly, man, it lets me build a better relationship with you understanding why these people love you. So please reach out to me on LinkedIn, send me a personal message, let's connect and let's grow together. Nice guys, you can find the link uh, to LinkedIn profile in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. Valuable insights. So valuable. I agree completely about human touch, about the future. It, uh, and uh, guys, you need to follow uh, Joshua on LinkedIn because, because you can see a lot of value. Okay, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.